Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, Ambassador of 805 Connect, and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University's School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement. Thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull Stream Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hey, we're figuring it out, Mark. I know we, uh, you know, we're uh, we're at the fifty fifty one episode. Uh, not that we're counting uh, <laughs> at all. Uh, I actually made a specific uh, decision to not number them mm-hmm. and put them in order. Um, and today we've got Tom Rizik, who is uh, the, are you the founder of Coastal Copy? I know you're the CEO. Is it your, you started the business? No, I'm not. I, I actually took the business over from another gentleman who had taken it over from another person 10 years prior to me. How long has Coastal Copy been around? Well, to the best of my knowledge, sometime before 1967. Hmm. Wow. And, and exactly what is Coastal Copy? Well, <clears throat> we are a business-to-business service that provides uh, office technology, copiers, printers, fax machines, that kind of stuff, and then provides service and supplies to other businesses. And we cover the tri-counties. So that's the whole 805 region. And I also want to let our listener know that you have uh, supported the 805 Connect project for two years now. Thank you on behalf of everybody that that helps helps us in our mission uh, around economic vitality. And for the last uh, six, seven months, the principal thing we do is this podcast of getting leaders, uh, educators, public sector, private sector together to talk about things related to running businesses and running them effectively. And I thought it would be really interesting, because you're on that supply side of that, um, that that you have a a very unique uh, point of view, a unique opportunity to be in these businesses. And I thought that that's where our conversation uh, might lead us. So a couple of things. One is, uh, how do you respond to that in, in terms of that opportunity to see inside the business. Oh, it's it's definitely that's for me having been in this business for over forty years. It's kind of the fun of it is, well, you know, seeing the insides of the businesses instead of staying in in your own office, you know, your own four walls all the time. I've spent most of my career in other people's businesses, <laughs> <laughs> getting in their business. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What, what, what is it? Um, I could see how could that that would be fun it's like every day is an adventure exactly exactly what's the most fun the most fun is getting the order <laughs> <laughs> right we're in business right sure right, yeah yeah so uh, okay so you bought this business from someone else uh did, had you gone to school to you know learn about business or what what pro, what was that the genesis of that that story that got you to say, well, I, I want to go do that. Well, it didn't happen quite like that. I I, uh, I wound up in Ventura. Okay. My brother had a copier business. Okay. And w- he was operating out of his garage. And I worked with him for four years. <clears throat> and we worked closely with the, uh, the guy who owned Coastal Copy at the time. And I, I frankly, I got mad at my brother one day and I said, I'm I'm going to go start my own business in Santa Barbara. Uh-huh. And I went and visited Al Nye, who owned Coastal Copy. And I said, I'm starting a business 
in Santa Barbara, a copier business. He goes, well, I'm getting rid of mine. Huh? And so we that's how a, that worked. We made a deal. Uh, at the time, it was a lot of money. I paid $2,000 for the company. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it really was a lot of money at yeah, that time. Yeah, sure, of course. For me, anyway. And so it was all, it was, it was How just many me. employees? Just, it was just you. He, you bought he, his route and his relationships. Yeah, and he had a, a one gentleman that did join me soon after. Yeah. And I'm going to guess that, how many years ago was that? That was 1978. Okay. So what what did the the office supply business look like? What was the the big new thing in 78 that was changing businesses? Well, probably the big thing was the plain paper copier. Huh. Because uh, Xerox had a monopoly on, and the patents on the plain paper copier at that time. And they expired in 77, 78, and oh. about that time. So there was an explosion of new companies getting getting into the to that to the business and plain paper versus what else what was the alternative well, to prior that? to that it was it was coated paper coated or oh. thermal paper oh and and we handled those too by the way i'm, I'm thinking that uh we we have a, a young listener base young business people and uh these are all foreign concepts to them aren't they patrick well i yeah i mean i remember i remember like the ditto machine uh uh in 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 my elementary school, and there's a lot of that kind of return to those, to all of those. Those th those were great machines. Those machines could do the 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 photocopy. Early photocopiers could do amazing things that that current machines are kind of uh, too good for, perhaps. <laughs> well, yeah, it was it was uh, you know at, in the beginning, I would go out and try to show people copiers, and a lot of times the people I showed it to had never seen one before. It was the first time. Really? And they would so what was that like? So you walk in and you've you've got to lug something in. They're not small fifty dollar deals that you can get at Staples anymore. That's right, right. They were. We had little folding carts like a right. journey that we would carry right. in a station wagon. Right. So you would fold it out of your station wagon and you'd roll it in, and literally give a demo off off of the gurney. Hmm. And you know the people. They would always put their hand on it, make a copy of their hand, take out a dollar <laughs> bill, mm -hmm. which is really? very illegal. <laughs> did, did you have to, um, you kind of had to sell the benefits of copying something? Or well, what was the big benefit you were selling? Well, it, 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 it was different for every type of industry. You know, for, for example, for the medical industry, they would use them for copying their statements. Instead okay. of handwriting them, right? Uh, so it was more getting people. They, they were really expensive at the time. What was really expensive? A copier. Well, no. What 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 value? What number would that be at that time? Well, they cost more in the seventies than they cost now, right? And and I can even remember. Would it be a thousand dollars? Well, I was just going to say, I had a a manufacturer come one time, and they gave us a class on how to say eight thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> really? really how do you yeah. say how, how, yeah how, how, what is the best say, way to say, say it? i mean it, it would be like today i mean you got to remember at that time you could that buy was a four times your investment you you could buy a house for sixteen thousand dollars yeah yeah so a copier was half the price of a house yeah 
So when you three hundred thousand dollars, yes, yeah, three hundred thousand so dollars office one piece of one yeah. single piece of equipment in your office for three hundred thousand dollars. So you're you're sitting there in front of the doctor or the lawyer, <laughs> and you got to be able to say that and not just right. shaking in your boots. Yeah, you know? yeah. They say the first sales to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. To right? convince yourself, right. first sales to yourself. That's that's seventy eight. Now, as we go into twenty sixteen, you know the internet and technology is kind of changed there's been mass transformation in every business right records retail uh, publishing it's all different how is that all how has that affected what you do well of course the technology uh, has affected what the products and the services that we sell and provide um, from you know those early days with liquid copiers the plain paper copiers to we went, you know, the fax era. Right. You know, there was a time when we would have to, you know, I would go out and I'd sell fax machines at the very beginning, and you could, you'd have to sell them more than one. So oh, that so they would send have a receiver. Yeah, you'd have to, you know, a big company, you'd sell them at least two. Right. So they could fax back and forth. Right. And and then eventually that became mainstream, and now it's going away. Right. Um, and then. Toward the end of the 20th century, the digital era started in, right. our, in our, our types of products, which then we got connected to networks yep. and uh, color. And, and most recently, after the, uh, you know, one thing I should go back and say is one thing that hasn't changed one bit hmm. from the very hmm. early days is that the customers expect you to give them good service, take care of the machine. You know, they're happy if they walk up and they can push a button. And it, something happens. And something comes out. Right. You know, that is exactly the same now as it was 40 years ago. So they're, and they're, they're, the machines are just as complicated. They're just complicated in a different way. Well, it's, it's, I don't know about uh, complicated is the right word. It, you know, it's like, is your, is your smartphone more complicated than your flip phone was? In a way, mm. it's less complicated. It's more intuitive, and the, the the equipment that we sell now is is similar. And you can put apps on them, and you know, it, it, apps. <laughs> okay, hold it. <laughs> you can put. You just app. lit up. You got real excited uh, about that. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so well, and then there's apps for refrigerators now too. So yeah. right. Uh, yeah. What what? Give me an example of an app I would have on a copier or an office. Is is it fair to even call them co a copier? Yeah, you know okay. that's that's kind of the that's the word I use. Okay. You know, you so what's an app for? It's my the trending copier app right now. Well, I don't know. If, uh, pr probably the one that we sell the most of is one that would OCR your document and allow you to be able to uh, route it to a certain file folder on your network. And OCR is? Oh, o optical character recognition, which means that it would take a document and make it so that you could edit it. That, I'm, I'm thinking back to my first, maybe it was a scanner. Yeah. And you had to, like the OCR software that went with it. Right. It was abysmal. And it's kind of like speech software is has been abysmal. Where, where is the leading edge on OCR right now? Have they kind of figured it out? Well, as long as it's text. It's pretty good with text. They just still can't do picture. Uh, yeah, like pictures or, or, or um, uh, 
designs aren't going to come out. Yeah, I wouldn't expect but for that. for text, it's They've pretty it's nailed pretty that. Yeah. I like yeah. that. So, okay, so I get that. Um, one of the things I think that's interesting, when you talk about ease of use, I like air printing. Mm-hmm. Has air print worked on, is that in the commercial world now? So air print is, um, I'm, uh, I've got an email, I'm on my phone, or I there's a web page, I'm on my phone. I don't want to have to go back to my laptop and then call it up there and then go to the printer. I can just push a button and it'll print. Right, you just have network. to be on the Wi-Fi and every single device that we sell is AirPrint enabled now. And is that a big, do, do you see that being more popular in business, people are doing that? Education mainly. Education? iPads, students. Oh. The problem with it, frankly, is it's, it's hard for the uh, administrators to control costs that way. Oh. oh, because there's no control over it. Because oh. there's no code to enter right. to, to make your copies. You can just oh. make as many copies as you want. Uh, and and then following that was Google Chrome. They came out with a similar AirPlay right. type. Right for Android and that whole world, right? Yeah, yeah. It's driverless printing, and and you know you can't oh, quite do it. as many it. as many things. Uh, you can't ne- necessarily utilize all the features. Uh, and you have to be on the Wi-Fi. Let's go back to that, the fun of being inside the business. So, you know, they, they say if all I have is a hammer, everything, all my business problems look like nails. <laughs> uh, you are, you know, you, you're selling a specific thing, but you need to go in and really understand that business. Well, th- well that's exactly right. And, and really, <coughs> our product, we, we handle technology products, and we're an authorized dealer for, like, Kyocera and Rico. But our real true product is our, our service and our, uh-huh. our management. Uh, and what, what happened in the, after the uh, 2008 crash, whatever you want to call it, happened, and businesses did just absolutely stop spending money and a lot of businesses like Coastal Copy went out of business mm. because we weren't selling anything, any products anymore. Because you were a, 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 a peripheral, like getting a new copier is really like that's kind of like a splitting hair. That's an upgrade. Every, right. Everybody probably already has a copier. It's a lot of it is replacement. Yeah. Exactly. Why? Yeah. Right. Why? Uh, we'll just stretch this. We'll, we'll, we'll hold on to it for we'll, now. We'll, we'll get a few more years out of it. And yeah. to this right. day, a lot of them are still getting a few more years out of it. Yeah. So what we what our whole industry changed and we became more of a managed print services industry. And so that we sounds like an official term. Like you, if I'm reading a print trade publication, managed the, the, print yeah, services. That's, that's so it's call probably it. called MPS. MPS. You got it. <laughs> now, Working you, backwards. Tell me you didn't hear that before. I've never heard that oh, that's, before. That's very intuitive. <laughs> so what that, what that, means is we would go back into our customers' offices and say, Mr. Customer, you have all these printers. Mm. And it turns out that they're spending way more on all those printers than they ever spent on their copier. Two or three times the cost per page. And so we became very astute at maintaining and supplying those printers, and we also were using technology, and are, have been able to cut their costs tremendously and, and cut their uh, 
you know, their 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 time of having to go buy cartridges and right. It's like uh, business consulting at that point. You're right. coming it's in and saying, let me figure like out it. how, that's how right. to run this better. That's yeah. why it's called manage. We're right. managing the right. printers. So that's the business you're in. Uh, managed since print 2008, services. that's the business we've been in. Huh. Exactly. I would not have. I'm so glad we had this conversation because I would not have gotten there. I was trying to figure out how, how have you not become a dinosaur. You're that's not. That's right? right. You're not at all. Right. It seems like the refrigerator repairman slash refrigerator salesman has turned into a, a nutrition consultant. <laughs> right? Like, like, well, like, right. Yeah. Exactly. There's, there's, this is what you can keep in your fridge that won't go bad as, as fast. This is what you can put in your fridge that'll, you know. But just that idea of being inside of an office, I've worked in several offices, and that idea of like having somebody who was, who was eliminating that problem that I was having, somebody coming in, I don't care who they are. I don't care what, what the business used to be. I'm just glad they're there to help, you know, tell me how to, how to, how to better get through my day without, you know, trying to find the right ink cartridge, frustrated, you know, that the thing's not printing correctly and fighting it. Well, and, and what a lot, what we find a lot of companies do and individuals is their printer breaks, they just throw it away and they go buy a new one. Yeah. What's wrong, what's wrong with that? <laughs> what are you telling me that's not a good idea well if you got a lot of extra money that sure. you want to get rid of that's, <laughs> right. that's, a, that's a really good way to go yeah yeah uh, so we've we've been able to work with a lot of local organizations big and small and eliminate uh, a lot of waste get the right printers in the right places the right devices and then of course along with that then provide apps and software to to uh get their workflows running. So the person who's listening right now, it's is a business owner or there's someone who's going to be a business owner and they're thinking about this right now. We, we've made this a conversation now. How are they doing with printers and copiers? It seems like they're they've become inexpensive enough to where it's just easier to just go get a new one. However, if that's maybe like that solopreneur but if they're now, they've got 10, 15 people, they're, you know, doing, they've probably got several printers and everything kind of working together. Is it, do you actually fix them? Or, I mean, because I'm thinking of that, is it, is it cheaper to, to fix it or cheaper to buy it? Well, we do actually fix them. But kind of what you're leading up to here is that the average business CFO or, or owner. Right. When you go in and say, how many printers do you have? They don't even know, hmm. usually. Oh, yeah. Okay. So when we first approach a customer, if there's somebody listening now that, that you know, the thing to think that we would offer them is we would want to come in, do an assessment for them. Right. And it, it takes a lot of work to do an assessment, you know, many hours. Mm. And usually we'll do it for free. Really? Yeah. So we come in, and what we do is we inventory all the printers. We inventory all, the, all their supplies. We analyze their workflows. And it takes, it takes over a month because, you know, you get page counts today, and then you got to wait maybe a month to get page counts again and then to see what their usage is. Do you find that uh, there may be a policy on printers, but someone is just annoyed that they can't? get what they need done so they just go to Staples and buy a $150 printer and hook it up and they're a rogue, it's a rogue printer? Oh, it's, it happens every day. Yeah. And in a, in a lot of organizations, they're like weeds. Hmm. 
<laughs> you know, they, they pop up everywhere, and right. then management gets rid of them all, and then six months later, you know, half of them are back. Because it's just hard to go through the network. The network's always frustrating me, so I'll just print at my desk. So yeah. in our, in our um, management, it's our challenge is to get the situation so that the desirable thing is for them to use the network printer. Right. That's you the get the right way thing to go. in the right place, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, what yeah, happens. Yeah. What's the, um, the, the, I hadn't actually thought, I think about networking the computers and having all the computers working together and cloud services and all of those kinds of, and there's a, all the transformation that IT has gone through and tech services hadn't really thought about the output, right? right. So there's the, the output of that as well. What is the, um, what's the big, the biggest challenge when you come in? So you've come in and done that assessment and you said, okay, John, here's, here's, here's where you are, here's where you could be, and here's the path to get there, because I don't want to have a big CapEx, uh, exp capital expense, uh, yes. to go and redo all those things. What's, and let's say they're, they're uh, an amenable partner, like they get it. Mm -hmm. what's the, now what's the, the big challenge? What's the dragon in the room that's preventing you from slaying this I inefficiency? Well, I mean, you said they're amenable, but the biggest challenge, real, real challenge, has been they just don't believe you, <laughs> how much they're spending. Oh, they figure you're just trying to sell you. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to say, yeah, fudge those numbers. They don't believe so you. So when we do an assessment, huh. we, we really have to make sure that any, any cost assessments that we do are well documented. Because if we don't do that, right. And a lot of times it's hard to get companies to give up true what their true costs are. Well, and how do you get a page count on somebody who's bought their printer through miscellaneous petty cash and who's printing, you know what I mean, who's, who's, yeah. who's supplying yeah. that through right. petty cash? You, you have to say, like, no, you're losing money not just in the print line item. You're losing it everywhere. There's just it's like a, you know, it's like you said, weeds. It's just going to be yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. We, um, I, I, I give you just a personal experience. Uh, <laughs> we had a, a, a small business and got a, a, a new printer. It was uh, maybe as an HP Envy, I think it is, just an mm -hmm. inexpensive little printer. And it, the, the value prop here is this HP Ink deal where the system's on the network, it automatically um, communicates with Hewlett Packard and says, mm -hmm. we'll send you ink when you need it and you'll we'll manage well it's like they manage it all for us Correct. just for a consumer right i don't think you do this for a business maybe they do um i really looked at that and i said i didn't believe the numbers it's funny that you're saying that because it's saying this is how much you're going to print this is right. how much it's going to cost right. and i'm going no i'm not and then but what what did get me was here's how much those cartridges cost you and i know they're like 79 dollars when i get the whole thing and if you just pay us ten dollars a month, this is what your savings were. So it was an economic right. decision that was made. So now, how do we writ large? Is it kind of what you're doing? You, you got to show them that. Yeah, because most a lot of the costs are invisible. Okay, so oh. you know you've got one. You might have an IT department that buys the printers. Right. And then you might have an office manager out of the out of the office supplies budget that buys the cartridges. And then you might have a different group that is paying the service company to come and fix it when it breaks. Right. And so when you when you 
take all that and put it into one report and and come up with the big number. Yeah, it's 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 they've it's, never it's seen that number. Swallow. It's hard to swallow. And but isn't it? And then and then you come back with your offer that uh, that looks very manageable right. and also something they can continue to track. It, you're giving them accountability then. Right. So so part of our what we do is we say okay well. If you start off and allowing us to start managing your printers, you know, that's just when the day that we begin this, this is just the beginning. Oh. We're going to come back every 90 days or every six months, depending on the needs, and give you uh, a report on the state of your printers so, you, so that you'll have a strategy so that when you need a printer, you'll get the right printer in the right place. Informed decision, not just blindly picking one at best, yeah. you know, hoping it's all having a strategy exactly um, and and kind of like you described with your HP Envy we have a system in place that monitors the printers and the printers send us an alert when they need toner and when they you know it gives us their page console we get all that in electronically it, it is that that's just that's not even state-of-the-art now that's just fact of life that's how it works it's how it works, but I could still say, you know, the state of the art is that we're getting probably 50% of them hmm. in reality. We still have to do the other 50% kind of the old-fashioned way. Hmm. So that's kind of the state of it. 30 years ago, we started Wavefront Technologies here in Santa Barbara. I remember. Do you remember? And uh, we had a hardware guy, and he uh, invented a remote sensing device that could go inside of printers and copiers to do remote service of mm. them and never he never did anything with it. <laughs> it's like, just a oh. tool for him. He just yes. had a tool that he could use then. Yes. Huh. Yeah, those guy those kind of guys and now it's, you know, that's what it is. What what is the so we talked in 78, we went from thermal, you called them liquid, I, I caught the word liquid copiers. Right. Which was kind of interesting. Uh, what's on the horizon now in this world? I'm, you know, there's R&D budgets. All these big companies that you talked about all have R&D budgets. They're always putting out new SKUs, new products, new new things for you to sell so you can go in and, oh, we've got this great new, you know, because we're in the managed uh, services business. And what, where, what can we look forward to? I mean, where's the innovation? Well, I think it's more in the app side because it's software. The, the hardware is, you, you know, I'm not going to say it's perfected. It, it, it keeps getting better, you know, and it may be 3D printing might might start soon. Oh, is you that? Know? Oh. HP is supposedly oh. releasing 3D printers, and uh, and we handle HD pr HP printers as well. And, and so, you know, I, I kind of see the next big thing will be when that becomes something that it do you have a 3d printer client we do not at this time but that's a similar i've i've, I've i teach art and, and we've we've done a lot of, of messing around with, with 3d printers and it's really appropriately identified as a 3d printer because the mechanisms inside are so very similar to the to the way that a you know a traditional uh like an inkjet printer would, would function the same types of of like you know, slow slices. We're going to make very small slices. Right. It's lots of small motors, small plastic parts. Uh, you know, I mean, all of the electronics inside of a 3D printer mm. are pretty much the same as what's inside of a just just with a different you know the X Y axis going on. In my experience, so yeah, that's a a very likely transition. But it, it's kind of like when I first got in the business, everybody was talking about plain paper copiers. 
Right. And, you know, for years, like four or five years, then when they finally started to actually have actual products. So it wasn't until the mid 80s where that. Well, really they didn't hit. work. <laughs> <laughs> so Xerox had figured it out and the patent well, expired. Even, but even the first, I mean, those early Xeroxes had a fire extinguisher on them. Oh, what? Wow. Yeah, I believe it. Because really? if the paper jammed in the fuser, it'd start a fire. Yeah. Oh, yay. So, <laughs> and it was kind of the same way in the 90s with the digital copiers. Yeah. You know, the yeah. earlier ones, they were much better than the analog, but they still, compared to today, you know, they weren't that great. And so I kind of see that with, like, 3D printing. We're mm. kind of in that stage now where we're talking about it. We know it's going to happen. Right. But it, it just hasn't happened yet. And at the beginning, they'll probably be expensive. They'll probably be limited on what they can do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, a main, they'll be mainstream products. The trick is figuring out what business problem a 3D printer solves. Right. Right, because once you figure that one out, then it's like, oh, I, I need to. It's not a, a nice to have, but it's I have to have that to be competitive. I saw my first one in, in action uh, in the Autodesk booth at TED mm. a couple of years ago, and they were printing candy, mm. three-dimensional sugar candy mm -hmm. that you're like, look at this, like a little, not a Rubik cube, but a, a geodesic kind of like, oh my gosh, how could you have even manufactured that? And it's, it's doing, actually able to do the impossible. So when you, when you say software and apps, other than these monitoring controlling apps are there apps that actually optimize the printing process at all or what well there's things like an app that you can use to to uh scan to a uh scan to the cloud and then send people a link so they can if it's if they're big files things like that there's apps that uh you can use to grade tests in school there's one called what? a te teaching assistant Ooh, we have a teacher over here in the other microphone so <laughs> tell me more so like when you put you put the the test in there it's it's going to it's an optical the little, the little, you fill the little bubbles in sure sure and then by scanning them through the through the copier it'll it'll correct the test oh, that's fantastic and, and so give you a report so you don't have to be a specialized testing firm that's got some million dollar machine that processes all that. Well, the Scantronic machines, yeah. Right, yeah, it right. right. competes yeah. with Scantronic. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. You don't have to buy the expensive supply. Well, because also that I would assume that that app allows you to build, uh, to build your own form to work from. It does. Yeah, you don't have to oh. use a pre-existing, pre-printed form. You could you could work this into so you could have, you know, a page of instructions or half a page of instructions, and then the mm. scantronic on the bottom. I presume, or at least that's what I would want as as a faculty member. What's the um, what's the let's talk about the Tri County here. You've got you know reach that that's a long. It's 185 miles from stem to stern. That's a big area. What's the and there's. Uh, 35 different principal industries uh, in the region, which we've learned through the 805 Connect project. It's, it's so diverse. Uh -huh. What's the, the the one that prints the most? I'm just curious. Well, the three uh, three biggest, I don't know, probably probably healthcare, medical is probably mm -hmm. number one. Mm -hmm. uh, all the records. What about EMR? Doesn't that, uh, excuse me, EMR, electronic medical records? Yeah, so, so that what what with the uh, document management systems it turns out that 
they create more printing than prior to document management. <laughs> because it Ironically. Used, it yeah. used to be there would be one piece of paper. You'd keep it in a file cabinet. Yeah. Oh. And when you, somebody wanted to look at that paper, they'd go get it. Right. Now. I'll just print a new copy. If you need one, you just print one. When you're done with it, you throw it away. It's much easier and faster to, to access. Than to store and hold on to, to, to go into that room yeah. and go find it. Yeah. So and now, so that, now that you know that that this is a temporary situation because the younger people are used to looking at things like on an iPad or a exactly. tablet or a computer. Right. right. But we call them digital natives. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That. So that. I think eventually it will become more paperless. But but medical is is big because it's it's the probably the most booming industry in uh, our region. In our region, okay. um, education. Yep. And government. Where they're still kind of, they still have rules and policies in place where they have to have physical copies to, to transport. Like the phys- and also that's something I find all the time is that a lot of times just tran- transporting the, the physical copy of it is so much less kind of confounding than trying to get it electronically into the right place, the right hands, the right whatever. Like just being able to walk in and lay the form down, especially in my bureaucracy and that, you know, at a, at a, at a community college. like. It's interesting. I'd, uh, the, I'd like you to review this document. If I hand them the document, yeah. and then they can actually write on it old school, mm-hmm. as opposed to here's a link, and then they open it up in Word and use re, you know revision control and do all of that kind of collaborative stuff. My HR packet had, when I, when I started teaching this year, had a, um, <laughs> my HR packet had like 75 forms that I had to fill out from 75 different essentially entities inside of the institution. And then there was another, 75. there was another 30 to 40 pieces of paper to explain, you know, various different benefits. So I'm, we're talking insurance, we're talking about background check. Had right. to, I had to go get um, my uh, tuberculosis check. I had to go get my, you know, I had to fill out my life insurance. I had to fill out blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean like, Every different component had had a different piece oh of paperwork goodness. with it, and there was no like, well, just send it to me electronically. I'll fill it out electronically and send it back. The systems were too, there was that's seventy five different systems that I had to interact with, and each one of them had a different formula for how to do things. And it still makes more sense for me to hand you the form, you fill out the form, and then we'll t- we'll intake right. it back in. So let's right. dissect that because I've got to expect Tom that that you're familiar with that exact problem. Sure. Is anybody and, and so which got me back to what you said five minutes ago, document management systems. You're in that business as yes. well, right? Yes. Big time. You're in that business, right? Because just the scanning part of I'm scanning something. Well, electronic document storage, right? You know, archive and retrieval. So, is there is there hope for guys? <laughs> well, you know, I, I I bought a new little Surface Pro three computer. Yeah, right. It comes with a stylus. Yeah. And you can just sign your name right on the screen. Right. Wouldn't yep. that be great? That makes sense. I mean, I love what you're saying. Uh, yeah. They're available now. I mean. very but you know what I would do? I would then email back all those signatures. They'd print them off <laughs> and put them into a folder. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, this is a, a side note on mine is that, is that there's, there's people are kind of constantly in a rush to get rid of the technology that they already have in, in favor of this new technology that's coming down the pipe. Bright, shiny bubble syndrome. Right. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, I would say this to, to, to students at the art school. I'd say, you know, we're still doing 1100 year old lithography on stone just so mm. you know like there's some mm. there's there's something that this thing does 
that technology, you know, lithography on stone or Italio on copper plates where we etch them with acid and scratch and dry point. And there's, there's some elaborate systems that um, just can do things that are, that are whether, whether something else can reproduce it better is, is irrelevant. We just kind of like working with the mechanism, you know, of lithography or, or, or Italio or silkscreen or, you know, and so I think that there's a certain amount of like, I still kind of have a little warm spot in my heart for, for just a big clunky photocopier that just does kind of like, you know, scratchy black and white stuff. It's, there's something about it that it's, it's tactile, it's real, it mm -hmm. happened. And, and a again, the Surface Pro is, you know, it, that gets your business done. Right, but but it doesn't mean that you have to eliminate this other you right. know element inside of your practice. Like, well, and see, really, that's our challenge is with our customers is getting to know them, getting to know their processes, and getting the right the right technology in the right places to do the job that needs to get done. Yeah. And what will make them what the, the customers continue to do business with us is if it makes them more profitable or. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's it's like they're not going to hire somebody as an employee if that employee isn't. It's going to cost just it's just, just total pure cost. cost. If yeah. It's not going to give them more productivity or make profit for the business. They can't keep the employee. It's the right. same same way with us and with we're just like a cheap employee who who shows up on day one and 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 creates like just so you know you didn't know you needed me but let me tell you <laughs> right. how much you need me right and then every conversation from that point forward i would imagine as a business owner that would be really exciting to have somebody show up and go here's the deal i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna save you money from this point forward from the moment that you know me i'm gonna make your business run better it's like yeah what's what's your argument against that you you've heard every argument against <laughs> that. <haven't you? laughs> no, I'd rather us yes. just keep doing this. Badly. No, we like that. So you're yeah. you're. Uh, I would think one of the biggest enemies for you is the status quo. I think we right. get another fifty thousand out of this. Yeah. Right, right. We can get a because either it's it's interesting. Uh, as a business person, I I either want to make money or save money. Mm. Right, this thing that you want me to spend money on, mm -hmm. does it make me money? Or does it save me money? And in good times, uh, okay, I can invest in something that will make me money. Uh, and it's hard to say, well, I can save money by spending money. That's a tough sell. In, in 2008 and 2009, I could see that those were tough times. And congratulations for figuring out how to get past that, not only as an, a sole proprietor, but as, as the industry Right, that industry didn't go away, and you can, and it, I can't think it speaks. And this is a broad lesson here to that um, survivability and being flexible, being agile, being nimble, um, understanding that it's not what I, I'm going to intuit that it's not about you're not a transaction business, you're a relationship business. That's right. Right, and that, uh, and we talk about relationships a lot on the show. Uh, if you're in the transaction business, it's not sustainable. Uh, you, you need to have great think about yourself is I'm in the relationships and now would we when I when I started this conversation thought it's a copying company printer it's a machine company that it's in the relationship business right no do I get that now absolutely and I now and you've helped bring that story to life thank you so much um, our our time has evaporated. I mean, it just well, where did it go? Choo, choo, choo. <laughs> uh, well, thankfully, we we captured it all on. Uh, and we uh, recorded a little, this. This a little, was recorded. A little tiny digital card, and uh, I, I, I do have one final question. Um, when in two thousand three, we were just starting. I was coming out of Wayfront and reinventing 
what did I want to do next? And I remember working with some guys down in Pasadena, and we had a bunch of, I think they were like NDAs or something that we were swapping between one another. And he said, oh, we're completely paperless. I went, well, I'm not really sure what that means. And he took all these papers and he just stuck them into a machine and it just went, <laughs> I mean, faster than I'd ever seen anything before. And it was all completely digitized and done. He says, thanks. And he recycled the paper and I was like, huh, that's pretty cool. I really like that. Are we really paperless as, a, as businesses now? Well, Coastal Coffee is. You know, we we had we used to have dozens of big black filing cabinets. Yeah. All of our customer files, all of our paid bills, all of our this and all of our that. We we do just what you said. We scan everything now. Yeah. And if we want to retrieve it, we can easily go and quickly retrieve it. But then we the paper comes when we retrieve it. Huh. Right. A lot of us can look at the screen. But right. A lot of a lot of them have to print it, look at it, write all over it or whatever. Right. Throw it away. And then scan it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> scan, scan it back in. You know, uh, uh, last on this, uh, I, uh, with Wavefront, you know, it's a 20-year great run, and I had stored everything uh, and just recently, uh, last year, donated it all to the University of Minnesota to the archives. And they're building a collection of the history of computer graphics. Nice. What he was one of the things he was specifically looking for were mar he called it marginalia, which is um, we have a design spec and then we're in some meeting and we wrote notes on it, and they find the part of the archival process is kind of understanding all of that, and we were kind of lamenting that as everything has gotten digital, they're losing a lot of that. They're losing that that insight into how people thought and how they collaborated and, and all of those things. So just interesting. So we're we're, interesting. we're paperless, but we're we're not exactly there yet, and we're getting there. Thank you so much. One of one of the things that we get to do at the end of the show, that our listeners look forward to, is um, coming up with a, a name for this conversation, because it'll be in a list now of fifty plus names, and someone okay. may come in. Uh, they heard about an episode a couple of weeks ago, and they're like, well, what, what else is here? This That was pretty good. And so they're looking at the titles, and someone will tweet this title, or they'll put it on Facebook, or they'll write it on LinkedIn. Hopefully you'll send it out to people. So the title becomes uh, really important, and we like to save it to the end, and we like to give you the privilege of giving a title of the conversation. What should we call this? Uh, copiers or Managed Print Services. Okay. I love that. We will we will find something really snappy and sexy with that one. <laughs> uh, um, Welcome yeah. to my world. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. What a great what a great yeah. pickup line. Yes. I'm in the copy yeah. print management services. You, be, you could say MPS. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. MPS. Yeah, I love that. copiers or MPS. Yeah, I love. I, I, I we're gonna we're gonna that is what out. we talk about all the you time know, with my employees and. And my sales force, that's what we talk about all the time. And, and, and that conversation, I mean, we're a catalyst for conversation. That's the kind of conversation that, that uh, people probably don't have and they should have. How do they get a hold of you? Uh, I have a phone number. You want me to? Yeah, sure. Old school. 800-995-8835. 995-8835. Yeah. And then on the interwebs? 
Coastalcopy.com. Perfect. You got that domain name early, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Right? That's a good one. I love that. So, well, thank you very much, um, and thanks for your support of the project. We really deeply appreciate that. And uh, for those that are listening and they're thinking about, man, I would love someone to come in and just take this nightmare off my hands. I hope they call you. I know they'll, well, they're, we've got a great audience. So they'll, now you may be getting calls from Venezuela. Uh, is that okay? <laughs> we've got, we've got listeners there. So uh, again, thank you so much. And thanks again to California Lutheran University's School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. And our podcasting partner, Pull String Press. I, I love coming in here every other week and sitting down having these great conversations. And to Cielo24, who provides the searchable captions for our show. The 805 Connect Project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. We want to thank them as well. If you would like to learn more about how you could support our project, go to 805connect.com and you can read all about it there. Patrick, how, how else could someone, someone who's just been inspired and yeah. didn't know they would could listen to 45 minutes about this topic, and it's like just evaporated. It was compelling, actually. My best advice at this point is is that somebody out there knows a journalist, and a journalist, journal, the great thing about journalists is they're always looking for compelling and interesting stories to write uh. about, and somebody should come down here and talk to Mark Sylvester about this project that he's doing because uh, we definitely need more attention on this very valuable uh, you know, community service that Mark is doing here. So uh, call that journalist friend of yours and say, boy, do I have a scoop for you. You need to speak to Mark Sylvester, who is running one of the best podcasts on the Central Coast. And uh, yeah, give him a call. And then also uh, right after that call, call your mom. I love that. Uh, and and uh, this holiday season, what else should they do with their mom? Uh, you Oh, the, you, the, you think they should? Well, oh, get, I love that. Get all of your friends together and, uh, and, and re- rehearse a song. And then call your mom with that, like a choral, like a like a like you're 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 chasing uh, that that old uh, tradition of walking up and knocking on the door and singing to them. So uh, yeah, do a do have all your friends call your mom and sing them a song. I love that. So I'd love to hear from you personally. Um, tell me your story. Uh, if you think there's a story uh, that needs to be told, you've had coffee with someone who blew your mind, uh, inspired you. I'd like to hear about that person. Introduce me to them. You can get me at mark at 805connect.com. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. 